Welcome to Corporate Caffeine. I'm Dacia Coffee. As a chief marketing officer, speaker, author, copywriter, and three-time entrepreneur, I've learned a thing or two about influence and impact in the business world. So I want to share with you what I've learned about how to be heard, be seen, and be successful, and introduce you to the people I've met along the way who learned how to unlock their potential. Welcome to Corporate Caffeine. Darlisa Diltz joined Kyle and I today, and she is the founder of the North Texas Entrepreneur Education and Training Center. Now, this organization is really, really cool because they sit at the heart of dreams. They help people who are pre-startup and early stage entrepreneurs to really get the practical insight they need to go big and to actually make it work. And Darlisa's story personally is beautiful because it was following her passion, being willing to see opportunities and then lift as she herself just climbed through her own entrepreneur journey. You are going to love this woman and everything she's doing for those entrepreneurs out there. Let's join in. Darlisa Diltz, welcome to Corporate Caffeine. We're so excited to have you on today. Thank you for having me. I am excited to be here. Absolutely. So obviously we know your background, but why don't you tell everybody a little bit about your very cool organization? Ooh, okay. So the very cool organization, I still have to find that part. But <laughs> um, so for me, I run an organization that does entrepreneur education, North Texas Entrepreneur Education and Training. That's a mouthful. And we focus on providing education for pre-venture and startup entrepreneurs. So helping them to establish their foundation for getting started in business. A lot of people think they know what they know, but they don't know what they don't know. And so our hope and our goal is to prepare them so that they can um, fail forward yeah. and make the right choices coming out of the gate. Uh, we do workshops, we do trainings, we do cohorts, and we were the first for-profit business service organization focused on education here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. That is oh, wow. amazing. Well, and what I love is it's pre-venture. So you are super clear when you're saying, you know, like on your marketing and stuff, you guys are not an accelerator, you know, you are not some sort of co-working space or any other, you know, lift as you climb thing. I mean, this is pre-venture. And I love that because so often people have a talent, a skill, an invention, an amazing idea. And you're right. They know nothing about business. They don't know that until it's they're in a dangerous spot after they've already launched. Correct. And so we tried the co-working thing. Um, the cards weren't in it for us to do that. And it made me realize that I needed to go back to my passion and where I feel like God led me to be in the first place. Yeah. And that's really kind of honing in on helping those people because... I know growing up, I didn't know entrepreneurship. I didn't see it. The world is much more different, but the process is still the process. Yeah. And so that's where we hang our hat. We are pre-venture up to 50K in revenue. We feel like once you get to the point of you're generating some revenue, you get it, right? So we focus a lot on the human side of entrepreneurship, and then we usher in the practical and the tangible parts of it. Because if you don't get the human side, <laughs> yeah, you're kind of setting yourself up already there. So that's kind of what's unique about our program amongst all the other programs. One, we know our lane. We're not trying to shift lanes, pre-venture, startup, and then we go to leadership. 
So if you've been in business for a while and you're trying to wrap it back around, because we're really big on like community as well. Nice. So creating spaces and opportunities for underrepresented, underserved, and individuals that just may not have access. Yeah. So the leadership component helps people that have been in their businesses for a while. They can write several books on it, but they don't know how to give back. They don't know how to connect. And so we kind of skip from that 50 to 75K, and then we go up to those that have been in business for multiple years. That is fantastic. How did you get into this? Good Lord. I don't know. (laughs) Um, It was definitely not something I planned for. Right. Um, I didn't see entrepreneurship growing up, never knew anything about it. I just, I'm a learner. And so I like helping people too. And my first stint as an entrepreneur, someone paid me to help them um, put together an executive plan They were a new ED for organization. And I'm like, oh, that's easy. No problem. And help them do that. And they were like, okay, well, how much do we owe you? And it's like, nothing. You don't owe me anything. It's like, oh, yeah, we owe you something. So they started, well, they paid me. Then they start sending people to me to get more help. And I'm like, no, 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 no. It's like, I didn't want my husband thinking I was turning tricks on the corner, getting all this extra money. So I had to figure out what that process was. Thankfully, in St. Louis, which is where I'm from, it was only $25 to get an LLC. And I'm like, what? $25? And you can have your own business? Let's do this. And so I started renting. I had a full-time job and I was comfortable. So I was okay with teaching everybody else how to do it. And I was good with my corporate job. So we were in libraries. We were in the YMCA's. We were just any community room. I'm like filling up these rooms, just teaching people that process. And this was pre-Vistaprint and all that. So it was great. And so the Small Business Development Center, the SBDCs, were coming to the classes, the free classes, and they were like, how is she getting all these people in the class? And I'm like, I don't know. It's fun. (laughs) And so they were the ones who actually offered me my first contract opportunity. And I was like, no, I don't, I don't want to be an entrepreneur. I I have a job. It has benefits. You know, I'm good. Um, And then, you know, when it's time and there's purpose, you start kind of getting plucked out of that nest. Things went sour with my corporate job, and I'm like, okay. There's your sign. Guess it's time. And I took my first contract with the SBDC, and from there, I worked with universities. I helped to build women's business centers. Um, I was a part of the Cortex Innovation District in St. Louis to bring that to St. Louis. Um, I've always been a question asker. And never really been afraid to kind of push the buck a little bit. So that kind of helped. And as with all entrepreneurial endeavors, it's like you win some, you lose some. And I still think to this day, my husband is not real sure what I do for a living. (laughs) But he knows that it works. And so it's like, okay. And so that's literally how I got started. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, A lot of people don't know how to get started. Um, We were in that boat. Because we didn't know many people who own their own businesses. I was in my late 20s when I kind of ventured off on my own. And, um, you know, that learning curve 
tough when you don't have a mentor tell you the different steps and the processes it takes and the little things you need to know just to um, have your books right at the end of the year. What books? Yeah, yeah what books? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. How to, yeah, exactly. Oh, how to document everything. Learning QuickBooks on the fly just because yeah. you had heard about it. And, Literally. Oh, my gosh. So I, I, had a, I set up a meeting with every... Um, I guess you would call them BSO. So in St. Louis, like every organization that taught entrepreneurship, I set up a meeting with them and I was like, hey, how can I help? What could I do to be a part of it? I can teach a class. I'll volunteer. I'll do whatever. So I was always after I realized that that was kind of my lane, I kind of immersed myself in being I wouldn't say good at it, but learning it, right? Because I didn't know it. So I know I didn't have a network. I didn't have any money. And there were a lot of people like me. So it's like, you know what? I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. And that's kind of been my charge, like helping people that were like me that didn't realize that may not be able to walk into a room and, you know, just get clients. And so that's That's not even really why I started North Texas Entrepreneurial Training. Um, That's kind of where I got into the entrepreneurial thing. So then my family, we moved to Texas. I took a position with the SBDC here, and that was a desk job. So I went from entrepreneurial living to Texas to a desk job. I lived in Hazlitt, and I commuted to uh, Plano. Every day. Wow. And that was culture shock. Yeah. Because we come from St. Louis. Everything is literally 15, 20 minutes away. And that was like a two-hour commute. So I was away from my kids, all that. The position was great, though. So it was absolutely everything that I had been doing. I had the relationship with the SBDC, but I outgrew the position because I was used to growing entrepreneurs, right? I was in the community. I was, you know, and so I asked the director, I'm like, hey, let me get in these streets. Like, let me help the people. I was like, well, as long as you can keep your productivity, no problem. So I did. I went out and I started uh, being in the community. People started coming in and it was great. But the way the SBDC was set up is you had to be assigned an advisor. And people were like, I don't I don't want to go to them. I want to go to her. And so, you know, it, it, I outgrew it. Again, great position. So I had gotten offered um, the opportunity. So in that stint, I worked with the Women's Business Center in Dallas, helped get that established, um, and was getting, I went to Louisiana to help build out, you know, uh, the millennial mindset for entrepreneurs, all these cool things, right? First three months in Texas, The Dallas Business Journal, I was in the Dallas Business Journal because I cleared $7.2 million in capital. And they were like, who is this chick? Where did she come from? And it's like, these people have good credit. What do you mean? Like, let's do it. Where I'm from, there's no credit. There's no money. It's like, this is easy. This is easy. So fast forward, I had gotten an opportunity. I was looking for something to put me closer to home because that was a stretch. It was really starting to be taxing on my health, my marriage, my family, because it literally was culture shock. So there was a lending institution that was coming to Texas. They were looking for 7A loan officers. And I was like, "Eh, okay, I'll do it. Didn't really want to do it. 
but I was going to do it. Potential six figures. I would have been able to work from home. It would have put me out in the community. And four days before I was going to step into that position, the government shut down. So with that being a seven day position, there goes that job. I had already closed things out at the SBDC. And I'm like, Lord, I know you didn't bring me to Texas to have this happen. And it was so scary. Like I went into a dark place, honestly. Yeah. And he tapped me on my shoulder. He's like, you know what you're doing. And I'm like, no, I don't. He's like, it's time. So I'm like, if this is what you want me to do, you literally have to like, you know, when people say Jesus, take the wheel. I didn't give him the wheel. I gave him the whole car. I gave him the insurance policy. I gave him everything <laughs> because I had nothing. So um, found a office space, rented it out and called it North Texas Entrepreneur Training Center. And the premise at that point was to kind of be a catalyst or a bridge for services like the SBDC, the Women's Business Center, the banks, because they had, I knew what they were looking for, right? There's a checklist that they were going after. Most entrepreneurs were not at that point yet. So then you kind of get put into a funnel. Okay, well, go take this class. Come back and see us when you have capital, when your credit is good. Well, what if I don't ever get that? That doesn't mean I can't be an entrepreneur, right? That's right. So we started North Texas Entrepreneur Training to be that foundation. And that was late 2018, Going into 2019, 2019, worst year of my life, I made hardly any money, like bad. And, but I pounded the pavement. I was at every event. I was volunteering. I was, you know, you name it, I was there. And what a lot of people don't realize is that a lot of times I was going to the networking events just to eat lunch because I didn't have any money. But Building relationships, getting out there, getting her done, trying to, you know, build those bridges. The people that I thought were going to be my partners wanted no parts of it. They were like, why would we, who are you? What, what are we doing? And it was like horrible. So at the end of that year, you know, I had to petition God. I'm like, okay, if this is what you're telling me to do, like if I see next year, you're telling me it's going to be okay. I was literally prepared to like die because my life was horrible. And um, we we always go to church New Year's Eve and um, December 31st, 1158, 59, like literally in my mind, I was like, if I kill over, that means my life is going to, you know, I would rather do that than go through this again. 12 o'clock. And it was literally like I felt a shifting, Right. So we go into January, things start picking up, I'm getting called for speaking engagements and stuff like that. We had two classes that were filling up. So I'm like, yes, Lord, thank you so much. And then the pandemic hits and I'm uh-huh. like, yep, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm convinced I've done something wrong. Life is just like, ugh. but that was the start of like the best Ever Like it started the trend, the uptick for us because no other organization had programs in place for underserviced, underutilized, underrepresented entrepreneurs. Right. So all this money starts getting thrown at these organizations to help 
this market of people that I've been saying, yes, here's the people that need help. Contracts came and, you know, that's kind of where it led us to. Wow. A, a lot of people when the pandemic hit were looking to do things on their own. Mm -hmm. All the corporate jobs ended and I'm sure there was a rush, you know, to that market. It, they just had to find you. They had time at home to look too. Yeah, mm -hmm. research and dream. Yeah. I mean, even if you had a full-time job that you got to keep, all of a sudden you don't have the drive time anymore. I mean, there's so much downtime for people to go, what if? Yep. Oh, I love it. And you were there. And I was there. The Many of the corporations, so some of our strongest partnerships started out of the pandemic and we still have those partners today. Uh, we started doing programming. So we had to change our model, of course, because it was a six month program. Mm -hmm. So it literally was education for 12 weeks and then implementation for 12 weeks because we wanted to grow them. Like this is mm -hmm. what entrepreneurship is. Yes. Here's how you do it. Well, after the pandemic, nobody's doing anything for 12 weeks, let alone six months. So we changed our structure. We started partnering with multiple organizations. We became a national program by 21 and by 22, we were global. So now we do global programming. Wow. Oh my goodness. So like, give me an example of where, like the type of things that you teach and like where people access these resources. So now we have a lot of established partnerships. So many of the programs that you hear about that are entrepreneur focused, are cohorts or accelerators, we either help them write that program or we facilitate their programs for them. And so it came by way of a lot of that. Yeah. And then just it continues. So if they're looking for entrepreneur education or something like that, I guess will pop up. Uh, we do technical assistance for four banks now. Wow. So instead of them trying to, you know, help them with their business plan, they'll route them through us. We have uh, seven in-house advisors or contract advisors that, you know, we parse out. So we are like a full on business now. Yeah. Wow. Yes. So we have um, we're a full operating staff and everything has been great. It's no, it has not all been great, but we've grown. <laughs> right. um, I participated myself in an accelerator program this year just so I could know what I didn't know because I, I literally got started just to help people, right? I didn't really know and understand scaling. I was just happy that a little old black girl from St. Louis is an entrepreneur. Like, I don't work for anybody. Yeah. Like, and I'm doing this. this like, is, I'm making this work. It's a good yes. feeling, isn't it? Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And so the accelerator was with businesses all over the world, founders first. And these were like up to a million dollars in revenue. Yeah. And so for me, it's like you think about mindset development. We teach a lot of that. And that's just to get started. But holy cow, there's a shift in mindset to get to the next level. Absolutely. And that was so rewarding for me. Oh, you know, you talked about the power of community and I just love so much that you got to receive it too, since you build it for so much for so many other people, because you're right. I mean, mindset oftentimes comes from being exposed to how other people think and like how they encourage you, what they see 
in you. And so then you can start to identify the things that are happening in, you know, they're ping ponging around in your own brain that do not serve your advancement, that do not serve your goals, you know, and that your, or your skill or whatever you're bringing to the table. So what was the biggest thing for you, like that you learned in the accelerator you got to participate in? Um, great question. So exactly what you said, people loved on me, right? I'm so used to being the one that give the help. Yeah. And I think it was a relief to know it's okay. Like people are going through it, you know, and yes, that's fine. That doesn't mean it's the end of the road. And it gave me the confidence to go back to my start, you know, because, you know, in, in my industry, everyone is doing entrepreneur education now. Everyone is doing entrepreneur education. So it gets a little discouraging sometimes. Yeah. But through the program, what I learned was that I don't have to change who I am and why I am to compete. No. Because if I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, my customers will find me. And that has been true. So it was really good to, one, see other people in a much higher light relate to me and not be like, well, what are you doing? And then, you know, two weeks later, they're doing it. Yeah. And it just reminded me to go back to why I got started. So it reminded me of my own personal why. I love it. Well, and you were literally, and I don't just mean from a spiritual or metaphorical perspective, but you were literally called into it. Like somebody calls you on the phone is like, can you help me? And then they insist on paying you. And then they insist on sending other people to you that will pay you. And then people just keep showing up because they want what you have. And I mean, that is literally being like, we need you. I mean, like literally called into it physically. It was so interesting. And so that is so important to go back to, I have something valuable to bring and even in hard times. Don't, you know, like, don't argue that. Like, it's still true, even if things get tough, you know? So I love it. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. It's, it, it is definitely something that, um, I, I throw my towel in probably daily. Right. <laughs> and I was there this week. <laughs> Oh my, like had a meltdown this week. So I feel you. But, and thank you for even saying that, you know, it's like, I do have to remind myself that this is something that I was purposed for. So we forget our prayers and all that kind of stuff. But then you remind it, like if it wasn't meant, he would move you out of the way and trials come to make us stronger. Right. By now, I feel like I'm almost there with the Hulk. Um, in terms of strength, <laughs> but resilience, you know, strength, it, battle scars, <laughs> but it also helps me to be able to relate to the people that come through our programs because I get it. I understand it. You know, that term, I don't like to say got it out the mud, but literally I've been through it. Yeah. So I can help. And that's really what I want to do anyway. I want to be able to help them get to the point where they can get. It's not easy. It is not easy at all. But if you do it, it is worth it because I don't see myself working for a corporation anymore. Right. Yeah. Right. I just don't. So 
Because I mean, that's always my plan B as well. I mean, I think it is for every entrepreneur that builds a skill set, right? Is that, you know, if it all hits the fan and it all comes tumbling down, like at least I up leveled <laughs> and I can always go back to the corporate world, go back to a place where I know I know how to bring value, but I don't want to, right? So to. it's like, okay, so I'm just going to keep battling forward, failing forward until God goes, nope, not anymore. Or until he just keeps pushing me on, you know? So I absolutely get it. I have a question for you guys. So. Sure. So my husband and I, we are totally opposite. What is it like being in business as <laughs> a husband and wife? Oh, boy. You asked on an awkward <laughs> week. It's been a difficult <laughs> one this week. Um, it, it's tough sometimes. It surely is. But um, we definitely identified our own roles and just try to stay in that lane and act like this is – a corporate business world rather than a relationship, even though we had the discussions after work, like any couple does. You would talk to him about his work, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. It's just more intense when you get home. <laughs> I mean, I think like, especially when we're like, uh, like really working on all cylinders, we are very intentional around shifting our roles. So at work, um, it's not like, Hey baby, or, or, you know, or even like jerk, you know, like, if it was like, yeah. I like, I think like we're really intentional about work is work. Clean is clean. Like communicate professionalism because it respects the rest of the team and each other, because I still respect his role. Even if I was mad from last night or something, you know, but I still respect who he is, what he brings to the table and the fact that it's important and it's deserving of respect. And then, shifting into home mode where we can just talk about work. You know, I mean, there was a period of time where I was like, okay, I know this sounds so crazy. I literally just need you to ask me how my day was on the way home. And he was like, no, I know how your day was. I'm like, but you don't <laughs> like, I know this sounds so weird, yeah. but my head is crazy. And I need to be able to talk to you about what days the wife, you know, was like experienced today, not what you saw on my calendar, not like what the business side. And I mean, he thought that was so funny, but we have to literally like strike a different tone at dinner. And we do, you know what I mean? We're like, it's more about the funny things or the interesting things or the emotional side, you know what I mean? So even if we're talking about business, it's like how we feel about it or like, you know, where we can vet the stress or vet the excitement and dream a little bit or do whatever. So, but you know, I mean, like, I think we've had to learn how to shift gears and it's not always perfect. You know what I mean? It can be really hard to do that, especially if there are stressful things happening and you know, you don't want to be intentional right now. Like, doggone it. I'm just tired. I'm stressed out. <laughs> I think if my skill set was a marketer or a CMO, it would be really difficult if we yeah. both were competing. Yeah. Um, I agree with for that. that I mean, not within the same organization, you really, we wouldn't be competing, but for us to have the same skill set in the same company, it would be a lot more difficult. You know, I handle everything and I enjoy handling everything that she doesn't like mm -hmm. and that's my strong suit. So that's how it kind of works out well, for good. us. Yeah, that's good. That's, that's pretty cool. Like, I think yeah. that's um, awesome. I don't think my husband and I will ever get to the point of running a company together. Because I feel like I would just get agitated. Like he's a he's a he's a workman, right? Yeah. Like he's he's like get in there, get dirty, 
get her done, you know, that kind of thing. And I'm my get her done is more like strategy. Yeah. So I think yep. we would just all the time. I'm more like your husband in ways, for sure. So, yeah. Yep. Yep. I mean, and he kind of sees like numbers, you know, as the real world, right? So, I mean, he was in trucking and, you know, a lot He's of hands on work. Oh, yeah, exactly. And so I think there's something real and tangible that even though it's he's behind a screen now, like, Dollars are real. They don't lie. That is facts. Like there is something of substance. And I'm like, vision, future, <laughs> plans, daydreaming, brainstorming. What if? Like, yeah. It doesn't pay the bills. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, it but will it eventually. <laughs> Let's just figure out that bridge, you know. Exactly. It's pretty cool. Yeah, my husband is a truck driver. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it's two different dynamics. Is he local or over the road? He's local. Oh, that's yeah. nice. He stays yeah. local. Yeah. He had a stint with over the road, but now he's like, I'm not yeah. going out of town. So you that works out. You don't have to, don't do it. Oh, yeah. totally. It's so hard. Life. I know, so. especially on marriage and kids. Yeah, yeah, it's so much better to be home every yeah, night. He's home every night. So, yeah. It, yeah, it works out. Yeah. I was telling that we're empty nesters now. So, yes. Both kids. How are you feeling about college. it? Because you are literally like, it is right now. Like the dust is still on your heels from graduation. <laughs> like, I still going through it. Am about to throw myself a party. <laughs> and Good idea. Celebrate. Uh, we have a lot of I. So I mentioned earlier that I had a center before, and that recently went away. So as of January, and that was really hard yeah. at first. So trying to cope with that and. Um, just, you know, that fail forward type thing. But it was literally like God ripped the Band-Aid off and grabbed it because the education side has like skyrocketed. I'm traveling, I'm speaking. Well, there's I'm, no way a physical man- uh, location exactly. would have worked with that And, kind and of then I did the accelerator. Yeah. So for me, um, I'm looking forward to now being able to fully dig into my business because every other component, I've been so blessed to have entrepreneurship carry us through life. Yeah. My children, you know, and it still blows my mind that like I worked for myself and got this done. So I was able to be active in their life, pay the bill, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so now and they saw that. Wow. Wow. Like that's want. their life experiences. My mom is an, entre- an entrepreneur. Well, you ask them on a certain day. (laughs) Mine too. (laughs) But I think it did put me another going through the program. It put me in a mindset, you know, do I need to grind that hard now? Because, hey, I can do some of these other like freelance type things. So if I want to travel more, I really can. And so with the speaking engagements coming up and all those different things, it's like, wow, like, I'm a little more free to do that. Yeah. Uh, we can actually enjoy vacation. So for the very first time in about 16 years, we did a family vacation. Wow. And it was just like one of those. Every other time we traveled, it was sports related mm-hmm. or something like that. Right. And so with both of them graduating, it's like we're going to do it. And we went to Puerto Rico. And it was wow. so much fun yes. just to be out of town, 
not have to go to a tournament, not have to get up. And, you know, we were able to enjoy. So I'm looking forward to more of that. Yeah. My husband and I, we were young. Well, we were kind of young. So I was 20. He was 23. And everything was about the kids. Of course. Like life has been about the kids. So we're kind of in that stage of like, okay, well, we're going to find out if we really like each other. <laughs> yeah. right. um, yeah. So, yes. and we get to kind of start over. Um, I met my husband when I was 14. Oh, that's amazing. So we, the only other time that we were without kids is when we were kids, basically. So it's kind of exciting um, kind of anxious, like, like, ooh, what is it going to be like? Are you finna start getting on my nerves? Am I finna start getting on your nerves? But we are really excited about it. And the both the kids are close. So it's not like they're super, super far away. Yeah. And we can still do like family dynamic type things. So it's like a, a really like a new chapter for me. I'm yeah. pretty excited. People oh, are like, you're going to be sad. I'm like, mm-mm. We, you know, I think being so excited for the boys in the next chapter of their lives, that, like, I was sad leading up to graduation, and it was exhausting. I was so tired of crying, like, the commercials and the sappiness and people being like, how are you? And I was literally like, every time I thought I was empty, there would be more tears. But the second they were gone, where we were officially in the next phase, tears were gone. I was totally fine. I was just the, the um, exhaustion of anticipating their departure was awful, but then being gone, then I finally got to be excited for them. Got to be excited, you know, when they were on the phone or when they came home, I got to enjoy them again because senior year is exhausting, right? I mean, it's just a lot of work. And so then they come home and now it's just fun, you know I mean? And they're turning into their own people and, that's interesting, right? Yes. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just speaking like one ear, you know, like, but right in alignment with you. I mean, it's been, it's been good. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. I did too. I accelerated, started traveling, saying yes to a lot more things uh, because yeah. I could, you know, because it was all about them. I've been traveling with her a lot more often now too, um, yes. where I didn't get to on her speaking events. Um, I've been going and it's, it's been nice. Uh, what I was going to ask is, do either one of your kids have um, the ambition to be an entrepreneur? That is a really good question. Um, I'm going to say yes and no. So my daughter, she's like my brain kid. Like she likes all things, books, notes, you know, and she's in school for computer science. My son, I feel like he is more of my entrepreneurial kid, but I also think he's super lazy. (laughs) So um, I think he will venture down that lane. So at one point he wanted to go into the tech side of things. It's like, dude, mm, that is not your ministry. Don't even. So he revisited and I can see him going like a marketing professional because he's 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 a people person 100%. I don't see him, you know, doing any hard labor type jobs. <laughs> and he actually said he's like, "Mom, would it be okay if I wanted a desk job?" I'm like, "Absolutely." Of course. Absolutely. Right. So, I think he will be more entrepreneurial, which will possibly lead to his own business, but He's kind of lazy, so. 
He plays basketball, you mentioned. Yeah. Yes. So he's not that, totally lazy. This yeah, is a whole different is, standard for coming from Mama. <laughs> correct. As far as training goes and everything, that's one of the hardest sports there is. And and to your point, and, he will do that. He he breathes basketball. Yeah. So when it comes to basketball, oh, no, no, no. He's not lazy. It's once that ends, if he finds that thing that keeps him alive like basketball, oh, it's game he's on. He's going to be on fire. He's gonna yeah, be on it fire. could be. Yep. So I could I could see that with him. Yeah. Uh, basketball, he he will turn out. So he had ACL MCL surgery his mm. sophomore mm. year, and it really took a toll on him. But super proud of him because he made sure he got back stronger. There were doctors telling him that he wouldn't be able to compete on a high school level because of the damage of the knee. And I will tell you, that kid, I had to tell him, I was like, if you say you're going to the gym one more time, like, it's going to be a problem. Because he did. He came back. So when it comes to working out, going to the gym, yes, he will get that done over anything. But the moment you mention work of any sorts, he's sick, he's sleepy, he's hungry, he's, you know, all these different things. But he is a hard worker, though. So a funny story about him. So when he was three years old, he was playing like dribbling the ball. My husband is a basketball guy. So he was dribbling the ball in between the legs. He's literally probably that tall. Wow. And we go to the YMCA because he needed to get that energy off somewhere. There's a video of him on YouTube shooting on the um, 10-foot hoop, okay? So we go to the YMCA. He's three years old, and we're just trying to see what the process is. And we're standing there, and the lady at the desk was like, well, he has to be five before he can go into a program. So you talk about favor, okay? Like, all my life, we've just had favor. So the ED was coming out of her office and was hearing the conversation. And she was like, is this the kid that you guys are wanting? She was like, oh, if he's doing that, he can compete with these kids. It's just a matter of you guys want him playing with five-year-olds. We're like, let's do it. And the ball, his head was literally, it looked as big as the basketball. And it was so <laughs> funny because he dribbling the ball, his shorts were all long. Well, full circle, <laughs> now he works at the YMCA. Oh, yeah. So um, he went back and he's like a camp counselor now. He works with the kids at the YMCA. So he's he's a really good kid. My is daughter it the is the same two. one? Same YMCA or is it? No, this just... we were in St. Louis. Oh, okay. So he works for the YMCA here. Gotcha. Um, so I've been really blessed. I have some really good kids. And um, yeah, my daughter, I can see her kind of being more that structured, that corporate, and then he will be the entrepreneurial kid. Now, you can you can decline from answering this, but you had shared with me, you know, that you grow you grew up and came from, you know, just a rougher life. Um, and, you know, a lot of the hard choices that you and your husband made were to create a different, totally different future and a totally different point of view for your children. Do you mind talking about that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, we came from a great family. Uh, my mom had a baby young. My sister had a baby young. My dad, super smart. Um, but, you know, women, alcohol, that was his thing. And we never had anyone that 
you know, what is success? Like success was paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. Success was single parent home, um, those kind of things. So having uh, someone to look up to, not so much. Uh, We talk a lot about generational curses and things that, you know, you can see trends and you can see patterns. Hardworking family, but it was like hardworking to just keep hardworking yeah. and not to grow. Right. Even to the point of sometimes like if they see someone over or growing, it becomes that crab in a barrel. So we came from that. You know, my husband's side of the family, very, um, they did like side fields, factories, that kind of thing. So anything outside of that, you would consider bougie or whatever. And so one thing my husband and I agreed on out of the gate early, we wanted something different for our children, period. We wanted them. So I went to college. My husband didn't go to college. And so I got to see and experience a lot of different things. When I was in high school, I graduated number seven in my class. Wow. And so I had teachers. I had counselors that saw something in me and pulled me and, you know, and it was like, We wanted something different for our kids. We did not want them to grow up in St. Louis because at that time, to graduate high school without being pregnant, you made it. Like, that was success on a lot of different fronts. Sure. So imagine, and then like even for me and my husband, we've been together 26 years and it'll be 20 years that we've been married. We don't have any friends that have that same... So a lot of the challenges that we faced, we didn't have anybody to talk to about it. We didn't know what to do. And it was rough. Right. But we've always kept that same thing. Like we want to change it for our line of family, whatever that looks like. And sometimes we have to remind ourselves like we said we wanted to change it. So somebody's got to go through the tough stuff because it gets hard. Like it has really been hard and been challenging. But even sometimes when we see like triggers of those generational type things, it's like, "Mm -mm, nope, we're not doing that. You're going to get it together and we're going to, you know, so a lot of kind of making sure that when when we have our hardest moments, yeah, it's okay to cry. It's okay to feel down. It's okay to not have, but you get back up and you keep going. We're not victims. We're not going to sulk. Nobody is going to hand it to you. Like you have to get it done. And that is something in like on our side that we didn't really have a lot of. Yeah. Um, St. Louis, m- murder capital of the world. So the mindset there is much different it's about fancy clothes and shoes and nobody's talking about investing nobody's talking about financials because on any given day you were hood rich if anything right not yeah you know just trying to survive too just trying to survive and so we didn't want our kids to see that we wanted them to see that there were options and you know they could do whatever they wanted to do as long as they kept doing something and whew, it's been a, a, a thing, but, you know, 
God has given us favor in a lot of different things. And we always ask our kids, like, would you rather have favor from God or favor from man? Mm. And you get to choose. If you want favor from man, they're going to let you down every single time. Yeah. Yeah. But if you want favor from God, it's going to hurt. It's going to challenge you. It's going to stretch you. But I can guarantee you on the other side of that, you'll see the benefits. And they have even as like they go through things and it's like trying to walk them through these challenges. It's like, we didn't have anybody walking us through our stuff. So we don't even know if we're telling them the right thing, (laughs) you know, but um, you know, they, we have two amazing kids at the graduation. um, We did a picnic for my son and a lot of family came in town and, you know, over and over, you just heard, these are, you have really good kids. You have really good kids. And that's a blessing. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's a blessing. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, we always kind of define success. Uh, did we do better than the generation before? And that doesn't always have to mean money. Mm-hmm. You know, did we show them the right path or help lead them down the right path, show them love in a different way, whatever that may be. Mm-hmm. And that kind of defined success for us. That's awesome. Yeah. It's exciting, though. I mean, and just, just to see you prospering and helping. I know. I mean, it's just so encouraging, you know. And like, to your point, like, there needs to be more people that can say, I've been there. This is doable. You've got this. Here's what you need to know, you know. And, I mean, you know, you talk about why you, you know, why your organization versus someone else because you were there, like you walked it, you lived it. Like this is not concept. <laughs> this is not, I read a book or I heard something or, right. you know, I'm the new goo goo. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I think with BSOs or business service organizations, now it, it's changed a lot, of course. But before, like when we first got started, no one, and even still, I I am a business owner, so I have to wear two hats, right? I have to wear the hat to help the people, and then I have to wear the hat as a business owner. Yes. Whereas my colleagues in the industry, they go in and they clock in. So it's a job for them, which not taking away their passion, not taking away, you know, but they're going to get that paycheck regardless because they work there. And the difference is, If I don't do it, I don't eat. I don't get that. So I think that drives a lot more, even to the entrepreneurs that come through our pipeline. It's like, I don't work for anybody. Like, I'm literally doing this to help you. And sometimes it's hard to decipher, you know, which one is more important. Am I going to give more help? And, you know, the resources and things that are out there. Me going and applying for that accelerator and getting accepted was awesome because I felt guilty. You know, yeah. it's like, did I take somebody else's spot that, oh, you know, wow. oh, and it's wow. like, literally, like, I go through those things, but it's like, I can't help someone if I don't fill my cup too. And I had to accept that. I had to tell myself it was okay to receive. Yes. So that I can give You'll more. be able to Ooh. give more. The more you can scale you and your business, the more you'll be able to give. The more attention's going to be received by the people who need it. And they'll be able to find you. But I can see how you would think, oh, I took somebody's spot. 
Yes. But it's one, but it may help another hundred. Right. It'll so multiply. So even like opportunities like this, right? Before I would be like, oh, well, I know somebody I can refer, you know, yeah. and it's like, I wouldn't do it. And every time, like, it's like God just like pushes, pushes. Contrary to popular beliefs, I am a very behind the scenes kind of person. Planning, strategy, getting her done. But it's like I keep getting like pushed out and pushed out. And I'm like, because another like how I grew up, the higher or the more you got, it was like the more somebody wanted. Right. So I never wanted a lot because I didn't always like it's like what's the point in getting it if somebody else is gonna you know get Take it, it or, yeah, or try yeah to, you know so you. that was something that I had to get over as well like that mental all of that as people in general we go through so much we have so much here oh yeah and they don't realize how it impacts business how it impacts life so for my organization we try to deal from that standpoint that is what helps push success right and then what even is success right yeah like success is what you make it not all this other stuff and it just kind of helps to eliminate walls barriers you name it and if I have to go create a lane for somebody else to have an opportunity I don't mind doing that right because I feel like one there's a blessing on the other side in some kind of way. And then I just think about my life in general. When I tell you it blows my mind that I've been an entrepreneur all these years and my family is like awesome. Like, yeah, we've had our issues and trials and all that. Because you're human. But like it's been I'm like I'm an entrepreneur. Yes, you know. Yes, and that is I just think that is the ultimate message that we share with any client. Yeah, you do need money, right? Of course, we're not saying you don't. But if you're willing to put in that work, if you are willing to stay the course, that scripture of your talents will make way for you is so true. But if you don't do it, you know, nobody's yeah. just randomly writing checks and nope. all that. So let's let's help you get to that point. It's so true. Like there was a number of years ago I got to do this mini speech um, and it was titled Money's Not Your Problem. And it's exactly what you're talking about because what that is one of the things I learned about entrepreneurial, my entrepreneurial journey and like bootstrapping my company, you know, you had to go to the bank and find out, oh, I only need X dollars to open an account, but that you get there and they're like, oh, you need a name. I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know what to call my company. So then I had to go through that. And then like exactly what you said, LLC, $25, not a million dollars, not a hundred thousand, not 50,000, not something that needs a loan. And there were so many tiny steps, mm -hmm. file the paperwork, come up with the name, you know, deposit $50 in the <laughs> bank account so that they have one with your name, buy a $10 pack of business cards, yeah. you know, figure out what you're going to do. And it was amazing for me, right when all of those little, not like almost free, I mean, sweat equity type of things mm -hmm. I put in a God placed a client in my lap that was not in contradiction um, and kept me in integrity with my full-time job that I could do on the weekends, 
right? And it started building my business. But you're right, like that faith journey and just that mindset of progress and not blaming, not saying, oh, we don't have the money to do this or, oh, you know, that's for other people. But, and then even after it started working, you know, define that because you'll redefine it every year. <laughs> you stay in business for yourself. But, um, oh, so many, so many wrestlings with is, you know, the beliefs I didn't realize I even had about money, you know, whether or not I was going to become a rotten person or whether I was deserving or what money represented in my life and just, oh, so much spiritual work. Yes. To realize I was doing some really weird subconscious stuff, you know, around pushing, pushing prosperity and opportunity away from Same. me and it wasn't appropriate, you know, but I didn't see it. Same. You know, I mean, you mentioned earlier, like, you don't know what you don't know. Ooh, there's a lot of stuff we don't know about ourselves. That's the weirdest <laughs> thing, you know? Yes. Um, the, the religion part, we grew up in church, you yep, know, that, here. that was, and to your point, I almost had a fear or it was kind of instilled that if you do too well, God will be angry at you because yes. it's greed or it's, you know, it's like, or, or, it's, or I'm turning it into an idol. Uh, and I kept being like, yes. I don't think so, but I don't know. I mean, I'm pretty sure I love God more, but I don't know. <laughs> yes. Oh, right. I'm, I was right there with you. Yeah. Like that. And that's real. Mm-hmm. Like that is real. Um, someone mentioned Um, I was listening to a podcast or I don't know what it was, but they were like different things like mommy and daddy issues, right? Conversations that you've had with, it could have been an uncle, your grandmother that are still resonating in your head that you don't know and you don't realize it until the, the word triggers, right? Like something causes you to feel weird and you don't even realize that it was because when you were eight years old, Uncle Johnny said you were trash or you would never amount to anything. And that's still playing in your head. And so getting to a point where you actually see yourself in it, whoo, that is that is a challenge. Yep. It is a challenge. Because you don't for me, it's like I don't want to be too boastful. I don't wanna, you know, take too many accolades because I don't want God to be angry at me. Like, no, yeah. God, I, I do I'm on your team. Like I wanna do it your way. It's not about me. It's not about Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's real. Yeah. I love it. That is real. I love it. Well, do you what encouragement would you give to people in this day and age and time? And you can take this in whatever direction that you want to? So that's a really good topic. Um, I think for me, I would tell people that yes, entrepreneurship is available, right? But that doesn't mean you have to go after it. Mm -hmm. Um, Take your time, do it, but be realistic. Um, What you see, what you may hear, it does not compare to what you will experience. And so going into it with this mindset of it's a marathon, not a sprint, has to be at the forefront because mainstream makes entrepreneurship looks so easy and it's still a process. Like whether you're an overnight success, the 10 year overnight success, (laughs) right? right? There are things that have to take place and You have to really ask yourself, do you want overnight success? Because if overnight success comes, guess what? 
so does morning. And where are you going to be when morning comes, mm. right? So I would just say, take your time. Find out what you actually want. And there's no rush. There is no rush. But surround yourself with resources, people, community to help you. And ask questions. Yeah. Ask questions. I, I was listening to a sermon the other day. And they, um, it was kind of talking about how people nowadays, if they get an inkling of something, they become the subject matter expert, right? But you can't teach somebody how to perfect something that you're learning. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Right. Yeah. So if you are learning it, don't go out and try to be the subject matter expert. Give yourself due diligence to craft it. And then right. go after it. So that's yeah. kind of my little I love that. Tidbit. That's yeah. great. Yeah. It's awesome. Any final questions from you? I, that sums it up. I, I know. mean, I'm not going to get a better answer than that. No, totally. <laughs> okay. Well, where can people follow you, find you, investigate your organization, all Google, of the things? Literally. <laughs> um, so North Texas Entrepreneur Training is the current name of the organization, but hot off the press. Uh, we are changing names, so we are um, going to a more universal name. So we will be known as Foundations Entrepreneur Development Program. I love so, it. So um, looking forward to that, so stay tuned. Yes. But literally, if you Google Darlie Sedilts, you'll find something. <laughs> I love it. We're on every social as N-T-E-E-T-C, from an organizational standpoint, but um, if you Google my name, something will come up. I love it. And we will hyperlink all of that stuff in <laughs> yeah. the show notes. So, Darlisa, thank you so thank much. You this guys. was such a yeah, fun, fun conversation. This was fun. All thank right. you, guys. All right. Onward and upward. Adios. If you enjoyed this episode of the Corporate Caffeine Podcast, please help us help you by subscribing. I also hope you'll find us on social media. You can follow me, Dacia Coffee, and my company, The Marketing Blender, by searching us on your favorite platform or checking out the show notes for the links. We bring this to you because we envision a business world full of meaning, connection, and prosperity for us all. Until next time, onward and upward.